thank you for that introduction. <laughs> you have to know your past to know in your heart, because I definitely looked outside this morning and said, Lord, <laughs> not today. <laughs> uh, but, but before we get started, I just want to um, publicly acknowledge, you know, quickly, uh, all of you who have poured into my life through uh, different times, different ways. Uh, different opportunities and 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 you know it's the list would just be too vast to go through but of course you know I want to honor my wife uh, you know for her being here and for being a support for me for years of course my family who have to put up with me nonstop you know my brothers are all over there in, in a row they can definitely attest to the struggle uh, that it is knowing Seth so uh, <laughs> I, I thank all of you and I and I thank God for uh, this opportunity it's not lost on me that I'm here because of the prayers of, of all of you. So we're going to be looking at 3rd John. Before we do so, let's, let's pray. Gracious Master, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for gathering us here today and bringing us safely uh, to this dwelling place. Lord, this is an occasion for your word to go forth. We know that you are able to bring the increase in ways that I cannot. You have given me a word, Lord, and let it just go out with, with power and conviction. Move me out of the way, Lord, so that you can have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So we'll begin looking at 3 John, and we'll start at verse 9. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, prating against us with malicious words. And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to putting them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. I had many things to write, but I do not wish to write to you with pen and ink, but I hope to see you shortly and we shall speak face to face. Peace to you, our friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. Today's message is titled, Walking in Truth is Living Like Christ. We begin this passage and find John, the same John who wrote the other two epistles with the same namesake, reaching out to Gaius and offering him direction and encouragement in walking in the truth, essentially practicing godliness before the local church. We saw last week Gaius is someone whom John loves contacting to encourage in the truth of the gospel. John by this time is older and has seen Christ crucified and resurrected and the message of Christianity spreading to different people. Many refer to this as a letter highlighting hospitality. And when you view the entire account against the backdrop of Jewish culture, that is easy to recognize. We learned over the years the importance of hospitality in Jewish culture. It was custom to welcome a weary traveler into your home, and in fact, we see going back to the Old Testament, examples of accepting a stranger in your midst since the Jews were strangers in a strange land, according to Leviticus 19.34. So why do I mention this? There will be three points we will draw from the text, the first of which being when we don't walk in the truth, it causes us to stumble with humility 
and irreverent and become irreverent to authority. We are introduced to Diotrephes here in verse 9. It says, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. John, according to this verse, has previously wrote something to the church. And whatever it was he wrote was ignored by Diotrephes. And so we'll set the stage. John is older in his years and is overseeing a number of small house churches where there are a number of pastors, or at least leaders, one of whom is Diotrephes. In verses 1 through 8, we saw how Gaius' walking in truth or his sanctified living was so influential that strangers to the church, and we see them identified as brethren or, or believers, were able to attest to his hospitality and testify to his faithfulness to the truth based on how they were received. Last week, we examined how Gaius' walk was observed by these strangers, and it identified him as having relationship to the truth of God. These same individuals were to be sent forth in a way that proves the relationship to God they have claimed, and they were to be received as brothers and sisters in Christ so that they would all be co-laborers for the truth. And this requires humility. To receive people, even Christians, whom you've never met and don't know intimately, takes a proper view of your own self and a view of others that is consistent with everyone being made in the image of God. To go a step further, it requires a leader to serve like Jesus showed us when he chose to wash the feet of the disciples. Jesus, who is the truth, in his walk very clearly shows that in order to serve God and his people, we must humble ourselves and make ourselves lowly in stature. Now clearly, Diotrephes is lacking this trait. Instead, he is seeking to be recognized and seeking to be in charge. He wants to tell people what to do, and he doesn't mind ignoring an apostle of Jesus. Now, can you imagine if this church were the one mentioned here and our pastor received a letter directly from John the Apostle and then put it right in the shredder and said, nope, I think we got it from here. <laughs> I'll be the authority on who comes here and who won't. There certainly would be conflict. I'm sure none of you have ever been to a church like that. I'm sure that's a one-off ex uh, one example. doesn't exist today. We don't have to make eye contact. Diotrephes won't even receive John or other people associated with him to the local assembly. And this is an issue that has come up before because the verse begins with, I wrote to the church. We don't know if this is talking about one of the epistles already present or a separate letter that has been lost. But what we do know is Diotrephes is out for self and it has become a problem. We don't know if Diotrephes was a pastor or in some formal role of leadership, but it's clear Diotrephes believed he was qualified to run the church. Title or not, he wanted to be in charge. The Bible has a pattern with people and leadership where the people who are appointed by God or, or have a calling that is driven by the Holy Spirit are not trying to be in charge by force. In my own life, when I think about the calling to preach and I think about the first time Pastor and I discussed this years ago, uh, I remember telling him and others that it would be in 2020. I said that in 2016. This, of course, was before the global pandemic, so I saw that as a great opportunity to forget 
about all of this. <laughs> God determined, however, the person who doesn't want to be before you will be the one before you. So it's interesting to see Diotrephes getting enjoyment out of telling people what to do. If you have ever been in a leadership role in any capacity and have a tender heart towards the people you lead, you find it could be a struggle to tell people what to do. Oftentimes, if you're like myself, you want to find a way to tell God, well, you, you know your people, Lord. You, you got it. You can handle it. You know, I trust you'll sort it out. But this is not the biblical picture that's put before us. Here we have one man who is not walking in the truth, promoting himself in order to command people by force. And we have John walking in truth, trying to confront this behavior head on to get diatrophies back on the right track. So already we are lining up a comparison to what was mentioned in verses 1 through 8, where we saw the results and the actions that accompany walking in the truth, and verses 9 and 10 that show us when you lack humility, you are obstinate. You will easily abandon walking in the truth. Jesus taught when we do work to others, such as offering food or shelter, we are doing it to him. And on the converse, when we don't do these things, we are treating him in the same manner. Verse 9 shows us a lack of humility that results in not walking in the truth. But the second point I want, to see, uh, I want us to see is not walking in the truth yields lying and a lack of accountability, which can turn others away from the truth. John continues, therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, prating against us with malicious words. And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. So here we see John is moved by all of this. If he's able to visit the church, he wants to address it personally. Now, maybe it's the part of me the Lord is still redeeming. Uh, but when I read and I saw that, I saw this is getting on my nerves so bad. Don't worry about another leather. I'll see you when I get there. <laughs> if that's not in your Bible, keep me in your prayers. <laughs> now, Diotrephes, mind you, is a leader in the church, is prating, or as the word is defined in a few lexicons, gossiping, or in the current vernacular, talking noise about John and what we presume are the other elders. You can imagine how much this probably hurt John. And we know this has likely done damage to the church as a whole because not only is this epistle present, but there is some other earlier letter floating out there where John probably asked him to cut it out. Diotrephes is using what the Bible refers to as, a malicious, as malicious words to slander John. He goes beyond not seeing himself as a servant, be, beyond not being humble, to the point of being vicious in his attack. But he's not finished. Not only is he feeling his position, not only is he abusing others with his authority, and not only is he abandoning the truth, which is a message of love, grace, and godliness, he does not receive the ministers mentioned earlier who are traveling. He tells the church, do not receive them either. And so if our pastor was up here preaching and another minister came to the door, and he said to, you know, Sister Eloise, you know, don't open that door. And if you do, I'm putting you out the church. Again, there would be some conflict. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> there would certainly be an uprising. <laughs> and this is the behavior we see here. 
John warns Gaius, things have become so bad that Diotrephes is putting people out of the church who wish to extend grace and genuine care to other believers who have come to be replenished. Now, verse 4 of this book indicated John had no greater joy than to hear his children walked in the truth, but we can identify here that the experience is not joyful. This is a painful experience. It's not edifying to the church to see others threatened with their membership for being obedient to the truth. When you're walking in the truth, your speech will bear witness to that. Your actions will follow what your heart is set on. If you're walking in the truth, the fruit of the Spirit will be matured and developed in you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Developed in you in your daily life. So when you sin, you will receive instruction, reproof, correction, and encouragement from those around you who are faithful to the truth. We learned last week when you walk in the truth, the one who disciples you receives great joy. The person who has poured themselves into you is refreshed seeing the increase God has produced by way of the sacrifice of love that has been worked out. It must have hurt John to see diatrophies going down this path. In John's mind, he must have known that the inhospitable behavior is not only a reflection of the relationship between the two men, but a reflection of diatrophies' relationship with Christ, or maybe even a lack thereof. In verse 8, we saw the meekness and tenderness that is involved with walking in the truth, so much so the ministers who had been presenting the gospel to the Gentiles asked for nothing in return. It doesn't say they promoted themselves. It indicates they promoted the truth. This truth as Christ has received us when we were in no position to merit such compassion, and we ought to receive others in the love of Christ so that they can be united to such a compassionate and merciful God. Verse 9 demonstrates when we don't walk in the truth, we stumble with humility and become irreverent to authority. Diatrophies, lying, and lack of accountability from verses 9 and 10 provide insight to what is yielded when we don't walk in the truth. Now, the Bible doesn't make mention of it here, but as so often is the case at a church, people tend to imitate what other people are doing, even when the behavior is abusive. So it's easy to imagine Diotrephes' power trip may have spilled onto other people who are also promoting themselves. Now, you've all seen in a church or two or three or so, uh, when someone doesn't show up to choir rehearsal and on Sunday they are front and center singing with all their grace and glory, grace and glory, it tells the other choir members that they don't have to follow instruction, that they don't have to go to rehearsal. They can just get up there and sing. And so to prevent things like that from happening, John says in verse 11, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. So this brings us to the last point we draw from the text, which is walking in the truth establishes rapport among believers and gives evidence of our relationship with God. Gaius receives a warning of not following the poor example of diatrophies, but instead to imitate what is good. When you examine the phrase, imitate what is good, every commentary that I came across seemed to, in one way or the other, speak to walking in truth. My mind went to Matthew 5.16, where Jesus says for us to let our light shine before men, that they may see our good works and glorify God the Father who is in heaven. No matter how you slice it, we are to live in a way that our love and fear of God and avoid following those who endorse otherwise. 
Gaius is reminded the person who does good, it is because God is good. And in order, in order for you to do good, it would have to be born out of a relationship to him. That is immediately contrasted with the person who does or practices evil has no relationship with God. The letter doesn't come right out and say Diotrephes is practicing evil, but the conclusion can be drawn from the statement coming right after the disclosure of what Diotrephes is doing. It's as if John is saying, I can't tell you to be that guy, but there is someone I can show you to be, a, to be like or to aspire to be like, and that is revealed in verse 12. Verse 12 says, Demetrius has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself, and we also bear witness, and you know that our testimony is true. Demetrius has no information revealed about himself other than what is stated here, but we see that he's a godly man. He is a person who you can imitate. And so how do we know that? It says Demetrius has a good testimony from all, or in another way to put it, his reputation is sound. His reputation is so solid that his life gives witness to the truth itself. His reputation among John and the others is also secure, and they vouch for him because he is walking in the truth. Unlike what we saw from Diotrephes, which is behavior that causes division, Demetrius walks in the truth and is establishing rapport among the believers and provides evidence of his relationship with God. Our walk in the truth will validate our profession of faith and it will cause others to take notice as we learned last week. That notice undoubtedly points back to God, not ourselves. And so finally, the letter closes with verses 13 and 14, where John acknowledges he had even more to write, but he would rather speak to Gaius in person. Now, usually when you indicate there are things you want to talk about in person, it's because there's gravity to what must be discussed or reinforcement to what has already been discussed. We don't know which one it is, but we do know John wanted to get to this church and set the record straight on diatrophies and also wanted to see his friend whom he loved in the truth. His friend whom he prayed was prospering in all things, just as his soul prospered, as we saw last week. We walk in the truth, and it causes humility to develop in us so that we can receive our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are able to serve and put God on display when we walk in the truth, because it doesn't amplify what we are doing, but what he is doing in us. Our words will be sweetened with grace and not words maligning one another when we walk in the truth. When we walk in the truth, our, our reputation will precede us, and we will bear witness to the truth of Christ and to the love we have for one another. When we walk in the truth, we will be imitators of Jesus Christ, who is the truth and the perfect model for us to follow. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to not only be hearers, uh, but to go out and to be doers as well. Lord, this is your word. There's nothing I can add to it that makes it more powerful or more verbose. This, this is all on you, and we thank you. Thank you for giving me this, this opportunity, God. Thank you for those who have come out today to hear from you. As Pastor said, thus says the Lord. Execute this word in our life as only you can. Bring it forth so that the Holy Spirit can continue to mature and develop us into a livelihood like Christ. We thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.